Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. I'm actually also here with Mary. Say hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> um, today we are, <laughs> you're adorable. Um, today we're doing a mailbag. We have listener questions that come in from time to time. Today we try to answer a few of them. If you do have a question, feel free to send it to us at info at marriagetherapyradio.com. We'll see if we can check it out on the podcast. For now, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Hi. Hi. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a little while. We had a, a little uh, mess up last week with the, I don't know what was wrong with the audio or something. So yeah. um, now we're back. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for that's doing what... that one all by yourself. That was, <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> it was such a, it was an interesting experience too. Cause I don't know if, if you noticed, like my tone was so different that, um, you know, how I show up on this podcast is like more energized and definitely like this is I'm hanging out with my buddy who happens to have his hoodie over his like head. I wish you guys could see Zach, Zach Brittle, the therapist with his like T-shirt and his hoodie. And um, I mean, you look a little bit like a guy that might break into my house. I'm not gonna be- <laughs> OK, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, it was an interesting episode to just kind of do by myself because I. Uh, had just come off of a session with a with a couple and just thought, gosh, this is I feel like there's more people out there that that might need to hear this today. And so my tone was definitely a lot quieter. And uh, that's probably a little bit more of how I show up in therapy. But anyway, right on. yeah. What's new in your life? What's happening? I haven't really chit chatted with you for um, a while. You know what? I, uh, well, two things. Uh, <laughs> one is uh, we started watching Stranger Things, which is mm-hmm. cool. Like our whole family. We. I gave up on it pretty early on, but watching it with teenagers is kind of fun. Yeah. The other thing is I'm, uh, I've become obsessed with Legos. Okay. Like All I right. just want to, I just, I just want to build Legos. So I bought myself a Lego set. Like, I don't know, it was a hundred bucks or something. And I spent three nights just doing Legos in front of the television. That's so, so awesome. And then, you know what I bought? I bought what? a stranger things Lego set, which is coming, <laughs> it's coming today. I, so. um, I'm going to build a, a Stranger Things Lego set while watching Stranger Things. How meta is that? So meta. We we just completed. Um, 
I know you can appreciate this. A three day Monopoly game where we started a Monopoly game. It's super fun with Holden. He's six and he totally is like a fully functioning partner. So, you know, now we're able as a household to play adult games that are three person. Um, And Ryan, um, for two days, stood taller, had his shoulders back a little bit more. Why? Because the guy was winning Monopoly like nobody's business. He had a Monopoly over. um, At one point, he said, there's a 70% chance that you're going to land on something that I own and you're going to owe me money. And literally, it was I've never gotten to the end of a Monopoly game. Have you gotten to the end? I hate Monopoly, so I don't even start Monopoly games. Yeah. Well, I can tell you after this, this experience with my husband and my son who gang up on me. I mean, they start making deals. They're like immunity, like I'll trade this and you trade that and we'll have immunity. And basically it's just me paying out for the rest of the game. But uh, we finished it and Ryan stood up and he's like, well, that was pretty unceremonious. (laughs) What did you want? The fanfare? Yeah. Uh, Ticker tape parade. Yeah. So we've been doing that, but I I think, man, Legos, I feel like that would have been something really awesome for people to pick up a year ago. We hit the one year mark, by the way, where a lot of stuff started closing down and it's like, hey, what were you doing a year ago? I'm glad I didn't find it a year ago, though, because it's expensive. Legos. Yeah, Yeah. they're super. Maybe you could just go knock on the six year old next door and see (laughs) if he has some Legos he wants to share. No, there's something really gratifying about opening up the packet and kind of pouring out your pieces and following the directions and going through and watching it sort of. You're not free building. Um, I will tell you this, though. Anxiety, anxiety is real because I was done or just about done and I was missing one piece, one piece. And I, I went to bed, I, I crawled around on the floor for, I don't know, half hour or so. And I looked at different things and I tried to go through my, through my stuff and couldn't find it. The next day, it was like a full client day. I was totally off kilter. It was totally out of whack because I couldn't, I didn't have this one piece. And I was like, you guys, my family, I was like, you guys, I can't concentrate on anything. And just all I'm thinking about is this one piece of Lego, oh my gosh. piece of plastic ruined my entire day. And, uh, my sweet, my sweet wife, uh, she contacted Lego and ordered the piece for me. So it should Stop be coming. It. No, it's Stop. true. But then here's the other cool part. My, my, my daughter went to go get her hair cut and the gal who cuts her hair has two teen, two, two like middle school boys. And she was like, let's just look through their stuff. And so they found the piece that I needed. And so now oh my, my set is complete. Wow. That is real love That's right all, there. All taking care of each other. Yeah. It's all taken care of. Now your anxiety can be rested. It will never come out again. Oh gosh. Hardly. <laughs> um, yeah, I got plenty to be anxious about, but. Yeah. Anxiety is a really weird thing. You know, I have to say, I found myself being kind of vulnerable. I woke up this morning. It's the second morning in a row that I was kind of in a grumpy mood. And this pertains like this is not just you and I just kind of bullshitting. But I do want to talk just for a moment about vulnerability. And I looked at him and I'm kind of dealing like personally struggling a little bit with um, sort of feelings of um, I would say like maybe not like not feeling liked is kind of like, like there's something about me that other people don't like. And I'm just struggling with that. And I um, woke up this morning, I saw something online, um, which is one of the reasons why I got rid of Instagram, got rid of Facebook, sort of, I'm I'm almost, almost out of Facebook, Um, doing something about it. But I turned to my husband and I said, I'm really struggling right now. I'm really feeling not liked. And I will tell you, he responded exactly how, I mean, Ryan Heck is a 
just a masterful man. But rather than downplaying or dismissing my feelings of like feeling unliked or really like not um, included, I guess, is kind of a feeling I'm having. He said to me, that's a really bum, like what a bummer to wake up in the morning and have that be like your first, Mm -hmm. your first thought. That's really awful. Um, And he said, you know, I, and I, he just continued to, to acknowledge me and to say that's, that sucks. I'm really sorry about that. And I was like, holy moly, Ryan Heck, you, you are so amazing. I said, you are doing exactly what I would coach my couples to do for one another. And anyway, I just had to share that, but it's like we had this moment where he like wrapped his arms around me and he said, I'm so glad that you're my best friend and that I always feel included with you. And I was like, oh, MG, are you the most amazing husband? This is probably how Ryan Heck gets searched. Did we tell it? Yeah. Remember how? um, So, yeah. Jason is our um, producer and he sent us an email and one of the most popular searches uh, with our names included uh, for like SEO is is Laura Heck's husband. <laughs> People are like, who is this guy that's so phenomenal? He's all mine. Okay. We're doing okay. You didn't know what to say to all that, other than oh, I just, did. I just chose not to because I'm really glad Ryan Heck's your husband and not me. Because I what would what would you have said? <laughs> would you have said something totally different? Well, I did not like you this weekend, and I mm-hmm. felt like I wanted to say, yeah, maybe you should be more likable. Yeah, that's true. You didn't, but you didn't tell me that. You didn't say, um, hey, I'm not liking you very much. You were I very didn't. passive in. I was. Yeah. I was. But I'm glad that you had that experience with Ryan because you deserved it. Do you? I feel like we're constantly reinforcing the fact that, like, hey, I'm really glad I'm not married to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you're just my friend I hang out with once a week. <laughs> You know, Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, especially during abnormally stressful times like these. This is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. But with the ability to communicate when and how you want. The matching process is quick but thorough, and you have the ability to communicate with your therapist how you like it, whether it be messaging, over the phone, or video conferencing. I know that in person therapy sessions aren't feasible right now, and a lot of therapists are booked out, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you're supporting marriage therapy. Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register. Try TRY better B E T T E R help. H E L P.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. So to, this is maybe a good segue because we are going to just do mailbag, right? Like we just yeah. have a whole bunch of listener questions that we haven't responded to. And one of them is literally labeled, My husband's anxiety is ruining our marriage. Uh, so when you're talking about anxiety and the role that it plays or the role that you can play when one or the other of you is struggling for whatever reason, whether it's with anxiety or with the feeling of not being liked, like, how do you participate in that? Mm-hmm. And we did an episode just a couple of weeks ago about anxiety specifically, which is, it's challenging. Everybody's feeling it. I don't, I think I've mentioned to you, like this, this is the topic that I have been dealing with over the last six or eight weeks. It's just 
Mm. We don't, we're done. We're over it. We don't know how to feel about this anymore. I don't know yeah. how to I mean, handle my partner's mental health issues. In this case, this guy uh, seems to have pretty severe anxiety. Um, she mm. is holding down the fort. He is getting therapy, but the, there's a question about whether or not the therapy is helpful. Yeah. And so without going into a ton of detail, because I'm, I'm not sure how much detail would be helpful. She asks a, a few layers of questions. And one of them is what, what is the role of the spouse in the partner's individual therapy? Um, how can Ooh. she tell whether or not that his therapist is helping or hurting, which is right. already problematic because it's, that's, it's not binary, right? Therapy doesn't mm. help or hurt, probably does a little bit of both. Yeah. And what is she entitled to in terms of how to be in the loop? Mm. And I think, you know, we could talk about this quite a bit, but my, my bias, of course, is to protect the therapist relationship with the client. Yeah. I don't do individual therapy. Um, so it's hard to kind of feel really clear about the role, but I am in individual therapy. So in terms of just like, what is the answer to this question about what are the signs that it's helping or hurting? I, I, mm -hmm. I tend to want to uh, believe in sort of the sanctity of the individual therapy relationship mm -hmm. and that there's a magic in and what goes on there, particularly if the therapeutic relationship is helpful to the client. Yeah. And it's very, very hard to translate that magic to someone who's not behind the curtain. Right. Like mm -hmm. um, it's mm -hmm. really hard to come home and say, this is what my therapist said. This is what my therapist said. This is what my therapist said. And then right. for the non-involved spouse to go, well, why did she say that? And what was the context and how, what did she mean? And did you tell her about this part? And what about, hold on. And how, and wh why are you talking about me? And all of those things are just subject to the magic. So that'd be the starting point for this response. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, at least in terms of that specific part of the question, I don't know what you think. But. Yeah. So let me let me speak to like the the partner that's not included in therapy. And I have absolutely had this. Um... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With virtual therapy now, it's very interesting in that we're not having couples come to our office and and that's a protected space where we can say, I mm. know that when you enter my office, it's completely confidential. And so now there is risk of of um, couples that are like videotaping and recording and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like are, are really wanting to know what are you talking to your therapist about? And so um, that's a risk, but that speaks to this sort of anxiety that plays out of like, what, what's happening in your individual sessions? And so the question that I ask is, what is your anxiety around? Is it that your partner's talking about you 
to the therapist and you think that maybe your therapist might be taking only their side and, and is only getting one piece of one context of the story. The other thing that I think about too is it makes me think a lot about having to give up some sense of control and mm -hmm. recognizing where, you know, that boundary needs to be. If you don't have any control over your partner's behaviors and your partner's going to therapy, which is phenomenal. That's amazing. And whether or not you say, this is the issue that you need to deal with. Like maybe you turn to your partner and you say, I need you to go to therapy because your anxiety is ruining this relationship. And they go to therapy and you're wanting to know like, Hey, how's it going? what's going on. I do think that there needs to be boundaries where it's like, it's really up to the partner to, to share what, what's being discussed, what's not being discussed. But ultimately I think what, what is it, the question underneath it might be is like, are you um, leaning into this relationship? Am I important to you? Is this still about you pursuing this thing that's important to me? How much information do you share with your partner about what's going on in individual therapy? Well, I yeah. share very little. I mean, I mean, I come home from my therapy appointments and I just I just tell Rebecca I'm all fixed. And that's kind of the end of it. But that's the funny. premise of therapy is for us that it's part of the resources that we're collecting around trying to move toward overall health in our in our home. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the conversation I think would be important, which is, you know, what can she in this case, the wife have some confidence that the therapy is in service of overall health of the home because they have other things like they have their job, they have their chores, they have, you know, their square footage, they have all kinds of things. And um, she doesn't mention whether or not she's in therapy, but again, you know, there's small groups and there's the yoga classes and all this other stuff. And do, are they collecting resources that are in service of an overall sense of health? And I think that's, also, what's kind of missing from this question is for me is like, what is it that you guys are chasing together? What is the mm -hmm. thing that that you guys are trying to accomplish on behalf of your household? Yeah, because it, it's very easy to take your eye off the ball or to or to get discouraged if you if you know that you're not or if you don't know what your goal is. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So maybe that might be just a, a quick check in of like, what is your goal with therapy? Because I often find that people will go into therapy, right? Like uh, my partner said that I need to get a hold of my anger. So I'm here and I want to work on my anger. And now all of a sudden the therapist is saying, that's great. But you know what, what really feels important to talk about is actually like your depression. And so now we're talking about your depression and now we're talking yeah. about your family of origin. And uh, I mean, therapy, like you said, I'm kind of protecting that therapy relationship and the therapist in this matter is that sometimes the presenting issue of what you're going in for evolves and changes as you get into therapy. And yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and I think there's one more piece of this question, which is, unique to her, but maybe it's general. I think at least in this way, she says um, that she recommended maybe I could come in and meet with your therapist once too, and just kind of give my point of view. And the therapist mm -hmm. said, I don't think that's a really good idea. And this yeah. was off-putting for her, the, the wife. And um, I think that that, you know, without going into the nuances of that, whether it's a good or bad idea, who knows, but I think the principle that can be in play there is for her to say, well, okay, the reason I asked for that is because I feel a little bit powerless and in the dark about how to participate in this overall right. process. What is yeah. the trade-off that we can achieve? Like what, how can I get more aligned to your goals, particularly your goals as they are in service of the overall household? Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been talking to clients a lot lately about trade-offs. Like what are the, if I can't do the X, 
can right. I do Y? Because mm-hmm. I don't really want X. What I want is something that X gets me. Right. Um, and can Y get me that thing without, mm-hmm. you know, compromising the overall tone of the It's the a yes and, right? Like it's Or like, yes or, you know. Yes I mean, or. Yeah. It's not just a no. Boy, that's so interesting. I actually had a couple today where um, kind of similar uh, wife has like an ultimatum says you need to go to therapy. Husband goes to therapy, invites his wife to join and says, I would like for you in your own words to talk to the therapist about what you're experiencing because I'm missing it. I clearly don't understand it. I've missed the mark. I don't want to talk to the therapist and say, this is what I'd like to work on, but it only be my perspective. I would love for your perspective. And I looked at him and I said, wow, Mm. wow, wow, wow. What a different way to approach that. It is, it is really tough. I mean, I feel for the outsider that is not participating in therapy because right. They, they so desperately want change. They want to feel better. And so much of this is out of their own control. And I think that there needs to be some way of just relaxing and and saying, you know what, like I have my own needs and my partner is going to therapy and they have their needs. But what you said was, what is it that we're chasing together? And yeah. I think that's the point of clarification is like, what are we chasing together? How by going to therapy are you also contributing to what we are doing together? And being able to parse out too that maybe your partner is chasing something individually chasing some sense of clarity on their own of something else. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Um, mailbag, mailbag. What else do you have? We have a lot of questions. In um, this one, this one's, uh, I, I'm going to call it easy because it's two questions. Um, <laughs> it's literally the topic of the the subject line, two questions. And I'm going to give an answer and, and a non-answer for both. And one is the idea of, can you elaborate on the effects of trauma in a relationship, like wh- how are the dynamics different for a couple where one spouse has a sh- history, for example, of childhood abuse? And so the the answer and non-answer is, well, it's two parts. And the, uh, one is the the partner who has the history of abuse probably needs some kind of independent investigation of that, the impact of that abuse, the impact of that trauma, mm-hmm. doing the work of getting really good therapy around your sort of family of origin or your story is really, really helpful. Just because, you know, healthy relationships take place between two people who are healthy and when either one or both are not, then there's a dis-ease that's disease, mm-hmm. right? It's a dis-ease in the relationship that needs attention. The only other thing I would answer in terms of like the non-answer part is there is a piece of work that needs to be done when you decide to get into a committed relationship with somebody that that your partner who may traumatize you from time to time, because we do, we poke and we prod mm-hmm. and we, we harm one another, isn't your abuser. Those, that differentiation is, is difficult sometimes to make if you haven't done the first piece that I said about getting good therapy work. But when both of you can kind of rest in that, sometimes it's a safe place to go back to, to go, hold on a second. I understand that the trigger is present and that you're right. feeling activated, but, it, but I'm, not, I'm not the cause. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a participator but I'm not the, the aggressor. Mm-hmm. This doesn't apply, of course, when the, tr- when the partner is the aggressor and that's a very different conversation, but right. just in terms of the umbrella approach to this question, mm-hmm. I would say there's a, a piece of like, get your personal work done as the mm-hmm. person who has been traumatized. And then also remember the agreement that you made, which is that we are in this together and that, mm-hmm. that I'm not, it's not my intent to be constantly making you feel re-traumatized. So give me, 
you know, let's focus on that for a second. So we talked about this uh, with like the terminology of like enduring vulnerability, that there is something that is a vulnerability in each of us. And when we get curious and we're in partnership with one another, understanding what that vulnerability is for each partner, maybe there it's several things. And it could be, um, you know, a history of, of growing up with not enough. And so you have an enduring vulnerability around that concept of, of not enough, or maybe it is childhood abuse or sexual abuse or any any number of things. But the thing that I suggest, and I'm curious about this, is would you say it's important on the behalf of the partner who does not have the enduring vulnerability to gain more skills, more understanding, more knowledge around their partner's enduring vulnerability? So yeah. if you are, yes. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. I'm, my new thing right now with couples, uh, and I didn't intend to say this, but it's interesting that it kind of creeps in here is, I think a lot of the work right now of couples and couples therapy is make me smarter. Like help me get smarter about you and about what's going on for you so that I can just be a better partner um, and, and get, make your partner smarter, make your partner a better partner. Mm -hmm. And that may even go back to the first question about the use of this guy's therapy. Like how can he make his wife smarter about mm -hmm. him because of what he's mm -hmm. learning in therapy, which is not the same as here's what my therapist said. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. The second part so of the scale's question. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I think that that's a really interesting thing is when it comes to a place of rather than, you know, I want to know, I need to know. And it feels like pressure about what are you working on in therapy? Oh, I need to know that you're working on us and you're talking about us and you're getting better and you're healing, whatever this might be. So you can come back whole. But instead, it's like, hey, make me smarter about who you are as a human being. What are you learning about yourself in therapy? And how can how can you bring me into that so that I can be smarter, show up as a better partner for you? That's a that's a much more interesting way to approach that that topic. Yeah. Hmm. Just so we hit it. This is part two of her question, which is totally different. But she says, you know, you often focus on the importance of sex in a marriage and rightly so. However, in recent years. I have come to terms with the fact that I may be asexual or on the asexual spectrum. And mm. I'm not sure what to do about that. And um, the only thing I can tell you, and this is the non-answer is <laughs> I have really benefited from reading more of the work of Emily Nagoski. We just did come as you are uh, where she has really done, uh, you know, she's done the heavy lifting in terms of understanding the spectrum of sexuality and kind of what works and what doesn't for people mm. and specifically of kind of normalizing it for people who feel outside of the kind of the, the, the very narrow kind of pop culture definition, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for resources, that would be where I would start. I would start with Emily Nagoski's work because she has uh, a lot of perspective on how some of the dynamics are at play for people who find themselves on all kinds of spectrums, including one that could be labeled asexual. So that's your answer, non-answer uh, around that <laughs> specific topic. Yeah. It's funny, as you were talking about... Um, I'm going to get her on the Nagoski. podcast, by the way. I'm going to I'm gonna get her on the podcast. You are? Yeah. Get her. It's one, of my, her. Um, be... it's one of my uh, current targets. Okay. So Emily, if you're listening <laughs> right now and you want to make my life way easier. Says the Unabomber over here just with shoot his me. jacket. She's one of my targets. <laughs> just uh, shoot us an email. Um, and we'd love I know to she's a frequent listener. I definitely, I, I want to talk to her about burnout though. That's the thing. That's her latest book. And that's the one I'm yeah. interested in. It's about. super, it is super good. But I was thinking about that. I mean, it's interesting how each of these questions kind of keep tying back into each other. But when we were talking 
about Emily Nagoski's book, we had a lot of men. And just so you know, like the book is mm. really, it writes a lot about female sexuality. And we had a lot of husbands that were reading for their female partners and they were having these big like aha moments. And to me, that comes from the the perspective of make me smarter. Help yeah. me understand. There is yeah. an enduring vulnerability. And that's exactly um, how I felt reading that book. Like, oh, yeah. gosh, I'm smarter. I'm smarter about my yeah. clients. I'm smarter about my wife. You know, like even your so. daughters. Right. Like yeah. being able to just understand them as well and help them to understand themselves as a parent. But, oh, yeah. Make me smarter. That is such a good. Yeah. Good, 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 good concept. That might be like the phrase of the day. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's let's end on that. Oh, okay, bag sure. Because you know we've already hit our our, our like twenty six minute mark. Oh wow! Um, Good for us. I know that that was fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, next time we chat, uh, can I mention this too? We had a we had a listener come in. I told you I was going to mention this, and they wrote in. They said, "Hey, it would be really helpful if you had some trigger notifications." Um, at the beginning of the episode uh, to be able to just let people know, like we're going to be talking about something that might be potentially triggering. And this, this particular um, trigger for someone was totally off my radar. I mean, it was like, wow, I had no idea that that could be triggering for a listener, but you're absolutely right. I can understand that, you know, what we're talking about could, could be that way. And I just was thinking, how interesting that it was the partner who wrote in. And I, I read that and I went, that is totally protecting your partner's enduring vulnerability mm -hmm. is recognizing I listen to this podcast. I want to listen to it with my partner, but you guys talk about a particular subject matter often enough where it's very difficult to just sort of willy nilly start listening to the episode when I know that there might be something that's potentially triggering for my partner and I thought, boy, that is so interesting that this partner has learned to sort of protect their partner's enduring vulnerability. And so they wrote in and said, it'd be nice if you could just say if there's going to be a particular thing that's triggering. That would be nice. I think Zach and I don't really understand or know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <we are. laughs> that would be nice if we knew in advance what we were going to say. That What we were going to say. I don't yeah, want to but... diminish the the ask. Um, and And yeah, we live in a in a world that is really right now kind of fragile and we all need to take care of each other. So I will, I can honor that without trying to figure out exactly how to take care of each specific person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's land this plane. What do you say? That sounds good. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. So Zach and I ended, ended our episode and he says, Oh man, I should have had a dad joke. And I said, Hey, we had a listener write in and tell us a dad joke. So how do you know when a dad joke is a dad joke? It's apparent. That's pretty funny, right? I liked it. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for um, joining us, continuing to support Marriage Therapy Radio. I hope that we are talking about the things that are most important to you. If you ever find that there's a specific topic where you're like, gosh, you guys dig deeper into this area. This is really impacting us and our relationship and we could use some guidance. Send us an email, info at marriagetherapyradio.com. And we probably won't respond to you, but we save these mailbag questions up so that we can answer them. And I think we'll just be continue doing more of these. If there's also uh, a particular person like Emily Nagoski that you are wanting to hear from, 
give us some recommendations. We'd love to serve you and know what's going to really resonate for you. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.